Monday morning, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. All right, let's talk about our pandemic updates here because weekend just passed. We heard there was going to be travel restrictions. Did we check on anybody anywhere over the weekend? Well, the government clarified the travel restrictions on Friday. I would have thought that you people in the news media would be satisfied. <laughs> Sarcasm, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, the government clarified. It only took them two weeks. Um, no, I mean, it was a pretty good briefing with Mike Farnworth, and if that had been the original briefing two weeks ago, I think there would have been a lot less confusion. Um, you know, uh, the good part is that, and he says this, that apparently some members of the public were either sufficiently afraid or sufficiently confused that they stopped traveling to a great deal. And, and the tourism industry deserves a lot of credit on this one, Simi. You know, they started canceling reservations, and the ferries uh, did enforce the rules to some degree. It took a while to work out exactly how this thing was going to work with the RCMP, but they've got that worked out as well, and we're down to, I think, this is a clear understanding of what's going to happen. There will be some sort of roadside check. It'll be in the vicinity of Hope and Chilliwack, where the three highways to the interior diverge from lower mainland. There will be warning signs. This is one good thing we discovered on Friday. There will be warning signs on the highway saying roadblock ahead. And that will allow people to go, oh, I don't want to go through this and turn around and go back home, which is the idea. On the ferries, traffic is down. So that's the deal. Uh, I think a lot of the questions that were raised largely by a vague briefing by the Premier way back two weeks ago now uh, have been clarified, and it does seem to be working to the degree that the government hoped. The idea here, as Mike Farmer said, was not to hand out a whole bunch of tickets. It was to discourage people from traveling between the high-risk health regions, Metro Vancouver, and the lower-risk health regions, Vancouver Island, the interior, and the north. So all to the good. Um, and, you know, as with everything else with the pandemic, there'll be plenty of time for recriminations when it's all over. We go on. I guess the one question I still have is around messaging. There's been a lot of messaging, Simi, especially from the Premier, that these restrictions expire after the May long weekend, May 25th. And, you know, John Horgan is an optimist. He keeps saying the end is in sight. I'm monitoring our two neighbors to the south, Washington and Oregon. Governor of Washington says they're into a fourth wave there. Governor of Oregon has got a dozen uh, counties uh, as extreme risk, and the hospitals are filling up again in Oregon, Oregon and this time with young people. Uh, it matters because, as you know, Simi, both of those states have vaccinated far more people than mm -hmm. British Columbia. You know, we're hoping by the end of this month, 60% of the population first dose. Well, Washington and Oregon are already way ahead of us in their targets because they have lots of vaccine. In fact, their big problem is people who won't get vaccinated. So. Yeah, I was reading that that's a problem in the United States now, yeah. is that they have too many people who've gotten their first shot and now just think it's okay, they don't need to get yeah. their second shot. Yeah, and they've got, of course, people that, uh, you know, are still in the Donald Trump fantasy world who won't be vaccinated, even though he has been. So, you know, I, 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 we look to the United States for 
bad examples in Canada. But on this one, I think the one thing we should be saying to ourselves is, are we really out of the woods after the May long weekend? Are we really out of the woods when we get 60% of our population with the first dose? I think, you know, I I, I, I did the Yogi Berra line on uh, with you last week. It's not over till it's over. I got a I got a lovely note yeah. from a CKNW listener who sent me a whole bunch of other Yogi Berra lines, <laughs> which are all relevant, including the great one about uh, the restaurant that uh, nobody goes there anymore because it's too crowded. And another one that I loved is, uh, you come to a fork in the road, take it. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, I, you know, I understand why the government wants us to think if we just endure these restrictions, we'll be out of the woods, but I don't know if we'll be out of the woods. And frankly, I don't think anybody knows, uh, when the the nations that are all around the world still struggling with COVID-19 are going to be out of the woods. Um, also, let's talk about the trucker situation, too, yeah. because Manitoba and North Dakota have a very nice deal there. Why hasn't BC done something like that? Well, you know, this is a really good deal. And the deal is, you know, again, the Americans are awash in vaccination, in vaccines. Um, and a lot, a great deal of commerce in this country is truckers from this country who drive south to the United States to pick up stuff and bring it back. And it's a lot of Canadians in trucks, and it's a lot of trucks back and forth. And of course, if we have COVID-19 and they take it south, the Americans are worried. And if the Americans have COVID-19 and they bring it north, we're worried. So the deal they did in Manitoba was uh, North Dakota is going to help vaccinate Canadian truckers. Good news. Uh, Premier John Horgan got asked about this uh, in one of his media availabilities the other day, and he said, uh, well, you know, I, I talk regularly with the governor of Washington State, but we really haven't talked about that. Dr. Bonnie Henry got asked about this on Thursday, and she said um, she's aware of the thing in Manitoba, and she said she believes that talks are underway to do that. So that would be good news. There are many, many truckers in British Columbia who, as I say, go go to Los Angeles a couple times a week, pick up loads, bring them back. Uh, that's critical to to our commerce here, to our supplies, to the stuff we order online and our groceries and all sorts of things. So I think it'd be great if we had a deal on that. And again, in the recrimination department, I would say, why didn't we take the lead from Manitoba and do it two weeks ago? Good questions. I'm sure those will come up today for the briefing. Also, I want to ask you what's happening in Beacon Hill Park, because we saw what happened in Strathcona. They're in the process. They've started clearing up. That was not without obstacles over the weekend. But what's happening over in Victoria? Well, not a lot. Uh, you know, the uh, David Eby, uh, this, is, uh, this is an area where David Eby, remember what he said when he had this showdown still going on with Penticton? Do not throw people out of shelters and have them go into your parks because when they get into the parks, it's very difficult to get them out of the parks. And uh, I think E.B. was right about that, and I think we see it here in Victoria. So Beacon Hill Park, a lot of people in Victoria won't go through Beacon Hill Park. There's been violence. There's been attacks there. It's an open-air campground uh, with, with tents spread all through the park. E.B. did a deal with the city of Victoria And the deal was that the provincial government would line up alternative housing and the city would reinstate its bylaw against overnight camping 
uh, sorry, daytime camping in the park. So after a court decision, you can set up a tent after 8 p.m., but it has to be raised and moved by 7 a.m. So overnight camping is allowed, but 24-7 camping isn't allowed. The city kept that part of the bargain. They reinstated the uh, bylaw against daytime camping, but they have not moved to enforce an injunction, to enforce the order. So they're still relying on voluntary compliance. Mayor of Victoria, Lisa Helps, has said it's going to take time. There is housing lined up and there's more to come. She says patience, but she says do not walk through Beacon Hill Park and expect to see the tents gone anytime soon. Uh, I can tell you that I've spoken to a number of Victorians who say they have no intention of walking through Beacon Hill Park until the tents are gone because they don't regard it as a safe place. So um, the council is badly divided on this issue. Um, the uh, They met in camera a couple of weeks ago, and they voted to reinstate the bylaw. But when it came to voting on whether or not to seek an injunction to clear out the park, it was a 5-4 split. So five members of council voted to go for the injunction for mm-hmm. opposed. They did that in camera, which, you know, is an interesting political question here in the capital, too. But this is a very divided community, and there is a group on council that... Uh, their line publicly, Simi, is uh, we have to govern for everyone, but what that means in practical terms is uh, the park is available only to the campers and to people who are willing to, you know, look the right. other way and walk through it. There's an awful lot of Victorians that are not using the park uh, because they don't think of it as a safe place. Vaughn, thanks for that this morning. Bye-bye, Simi.